This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. His name alone is excellent. And his glory is above the earth and the heavens. Today, I'm going to continue the discussion that we've been talking about concerning my very best friend. My very best friend in the whole wide world is the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it or a thing. He's not a vapor or a concept. He is a person. The third person of the Godhead. The third person of the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God for you, God with you, and God in you. Today, I want to focus my discussion on his hand is on me. (laughs) His hand is on me. When it talks about God for you, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 31, the B portion says, if God is for us, who? can be against us. God with you. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, one of my favorite passages of scripture, and you'll see a type of the Holy Spirit or a symbol of the Holy Spirit in this verse. It says, fear not for I am with you. Did you know this term fear not is in the Bible over 365 times? That's one for every single day of the year. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a symbol of the Holy Spirit and God in you. According to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the B portion says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world talking about my best friend, the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the revealer. He is the illuminator. He is the one that helps us to understand. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes known. He's the one who brings things into view. He brings revelation. He is the one who brings displays and displays of power. The Holy Spirit is the one who imparts. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings brings light, the one who floods the eyes of our understanding with light. The Holy Spirit just cannot be overlooked. Oftentimes we act like the Holy Spirit is an option. He is not an option. He is a viable part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today, again, I'm talking about his hand on me. My side topic or my side view for today is talking about the anointing and the anointing oil. Oftentimes we throw around a lot of terms in the body of Christ or in church and then we don't really have a full revelation of what it means and we really can't Uh, explain it. There's something about the Holy Ghost that I can't explain, but there is a a place and time that I need to find out how to explain. 
I need to learn well enough so that I can articulate it to someone else. So Psalm number 23, familiar passage of scripture for those that don't know. Psalms is a book of songs, S-O-N-G-S. It is not written in chapter and verses, written in number and stanza. So Psalm number 23, if you know it, you can recite it with me. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Stanza 5 says, Thou anointest my head. That's an ad infinitum. Continuously anointest my head with oil. As a result, my cup runneth over. In ancient times, it was customary in very hot climates for the host to provide his guests with olive oil to put on his head. The Lord blesses and anoints his believers with the Holy Spirit, whom the oil symbolizes to prepare them for service. The types of the Holy Spirit are the cloud, the wind, the ruach, the breath, the wind, the anointing, his hand, his finger, or the anointing oil. Today, as I talk about my best friend, the person of the Holy Spirit, and how he brings us revelation, he gives us revelation of who God the Father is, God the Son is, and God the Holy Spirit is. And as a result of of the revelation, there is an automatic response that I should give. When I really understand, then the light comes on and my automatic response is praise and worship. Does that make faith to anybody? And here's the, here's the deal. Faith does not require any sense realm evidence at all. Don't have to see, taste, touch, feel, or hear anything, but I have to know something. Faith comes with the solid certainty of knowing. And when I know, I have an expectation and I act differently as a result to what I know. Does anybody have direct deposit? I'm not taking another offering, but does anybody have direct deposit? You know that the money is supposed to be deposited in your bank account after midnight on a certain day. You didn't start paying your bills. You got stuff set up on automatic deduction and everything else. But you didn't even see the money. You wonder if you seen the money. You're not even walking around with the, with the ghetto wad, with the whole stack of money in your hand. It's the, you don't even see it. Instead, of paying your bills because it doesn't require any sense realm. I don't have to tangibly feel the, the money in my hand not to know that it's there. So because I know that it's there, I act like it. Come on. Likewise, the person of the Holy Spirit, when I know that he's here and I know that he's given me revelation, I just ought to act like it. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings revelation. The Holy Spirit is the one. And there, here's a, a release today. There's a release today for those that have been feeling um, insignificant. There's a release today for those that have been feeling less than. 
And there's a release today for those that have been vying for the approval of others. Come on, the Holy Spirit is going to give you a revelation today that as long as God loved you, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you or thinks about you. When you know that God has made you his masterpiece, regardless of what you have said and done in your past, you can stand boldly. As a matter of fact, he invited you to come boldly to his throne. Hallelujah. To obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Not because I'm so righteous, but because he's righteous. And he charges his own righteousness on our behalf. Oh, good God Almighty, that's enough to make you run right there. No longer do you have to have your head held down low. No longer do you have to vie for the affection, the attention of other people. No longer do you have to feel less than or beneath anybody. Because God made you his own masterpiece. I'm talking today about his hand is on me. When we go back to Genesis, we see that God, everything that God wanted to see, he first said, right? But it was something about his man. He put his hands on, he formed the man from the dust of the ground. He touched him. Come up in here. God is touching you today by means of the person of the Holy Spirit. His hand is on you. He formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. A man became a living being or a speaking spirit. Then God positioned him in the garden, in Eden, in his mesmerizing, captivating presence. Eyeball to eyeball as if God was looking in a mirror as if we were looking in a mirror when we see God get a revelation right there. When you get that revelation, regardless of what people, listen to me, people are going to talk about you. People are going to have stuff to say about you. And listen to this. People are just not going to like you for one reason or another. That's not your problem. That's theirs. Take it. You got an issue with me. Take it up with God because he is the one that created me and not me myself. Talking about these emblems or symbols of the Holy Spirit are designed to help us to understand the third person of the Holy Trinity. Oftentimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, all we talk about is the tongues. All we're talking about is the shouting and the dancing. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But what about the person? You need to know the person, and you need to know the person intimately. Now, you can know somebody by, by around the way, and you can use their stuff without being in a relationship with them. Anybody ever stayed in an Airbnb? Now, you know you don't know the owner when they've all been texting and going back and forth. You don't go out to eat, but you use their stuff. Don't be that person that's just using the Holy Spirit's stuff and don't know him personally. And intimately, the Holy Spirit, these types help us to understand who he is. He didn't just show up on the day of Pentecost. He was all the way in Genesis. And you see the working of the Holy Spirit in all 66 books of the Bible. God for you, God with you, and God in you. As we're talking about the hands or the anointing or anointing oil, this is the anointing oil is the most common symbol in the Bible. 
as a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we throw that term around loosely. Anoint, it was anointed, anointing, and I, I'm anointed. And we, we throw those terms around very, very loosely. But that's actually a type of the Holy Spirit, which is God's own spirit. Get a revelation. So the anointing oil is used for kings and for priests. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power from on high, from the almighty God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. Creole is the Greek term for anoint. It means to anoint or to rub. I think it's pronounced Creole. It's C-H-R-I-O, Creole. In the Greek, it means to anoint or to rub with the hand. Hand is another type of the person of the Holy Spirit. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when the Lord formed man, that's a type of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. His hand is on you. Get a revelation. This anoint, rub with the hands, it's, it's, the purpose is to give the necessary power or to give an endowment or an endowment with power to accomplish anything that is before you. This is your year of manifestation, right? This is your year of illumination. So his hand is on you to accomplish it. We read earlier in Isaiah, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, talking about the right hand, his righteous right hand. This is symbolic of his strength, symbolic of his direction, symbolic of his instruction, symbolic of his help and his comfort. Still talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, my very best friend. The anointing oil, and oftentimes when you'll see me laying hands on people or praying over people, I use anointing oil. Anointing oil that has been prayed over, anointing oil that has been consecrated. This is symbolic of the Holy Spirit power that is poured out and smeared, get a revelation, or massaged onto you and into you. There's a difference in a little touch, a little dab, and there's a whole difference when it's being massaged into you. There's a burden removing, get a revelation, yoke destroying power with the hand of God by means of the person of the Holy Spirit massaging it into you. So this really can be your year. I need you to get a revelation. This is massaged into you to equip you which means to supply everything needed, to empower you, to give you a divine enablement of power, and to exonerate you, to loose you and to set you free from every guilt and shame. Oh, good God Almighty, when you get loosed from guilt and shame, you knock the devil completely out, knock him stone cold out, because that is how he grips us with the feelings of guilt and inferiority. Mark chapter 16, verse 18, the B portion says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are there any believers in the house? I see you got your hand raised up. Then you have the power from the Holy Spirit. When you lay hands, there's a transfer of his power through your hands onto those that are sick. And the Bible said they shall 
we cover. What does that word shall mean? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The only one that can stop that power is your faith, not believing it and not receiving it. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 in the King James Version reads this way. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke destroyed. When it's destroyed, you can't piecemeal it back together. The yoke destroyed as a result of the anointing again. Here's a type, a symbol, an icon of the person of the Holy Spirit. That same passage of scripture in the Common English Bible reads this way. On that day, God will remove the burden from your shoulder and destroy the yoke on your neck. A burden has reference to the load, a heavy load, the, the heavy load, the difficulty, the grief, the oppression, the hurt, the anxiety, the pain. Yoke has reference to a hook or a chain that restrains. We would think of it as a shackle or a bond of connection. Well, what did the scripture say? God will remove the burden, which means he's removing the heavy load. He's removing the difficulty. He's removing the anxiety. He's removing the grief. He's removing the oppression. Somebody just ought to get happy and shout hallelujah. It says he shall remove this from off your shoulder and destroy the yoke on your neck. The thing that had you a chokehold on you. Come on, the thing that had you bound, the thing that had you captive, he's breaking and he's destroying it as a result of the anointing. I need you to get a revelation of the anointing, the burden removing, yoke destroying power. Remember, he anointed my head with oil. It just wasn't touching. He's massaging it. Why your head? Because that's the seat of your emotions, mind, will, emotion, imagination, and intellect. So he anoints your head. Anoint means not just a little drop, pour. Slather it on you. Pour the oil. And according to Psalm number 133, the anointing goes from the head to the beard to the skirt. There's a flow to the anointing from the head to the beard to the skirt. You gotta get a revelation that God's hands through Jesus Christ by means of the person of the Holy Spirit is on you. Would you say his hand is on me? Now you gotta say it like you're convinced about it. His hand is on you. Oh good God almighty. The anointing means that the Holy Spirit is giving you revelation of the uh, the object of our affection And the benefit we get in his presence. Now, when I'm in his mesmerizing, captivating presence, my affection and my worship is going Godward. But remember, it's a reciprocal, reciprocating relationship. Remember, TJ talked about it today. He said when his son gave him the little bitty screwdriver, he was able to use what the son gave him to benefit the son. So our worship unto God has a reciprocation and it benefits us. What are some of the benefits of the anointing? I get refreshed. 
I get renewed. And I get revived. Talking about the burden removing, yoke destroying power that comes from the person of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Revelation and illumination from the person of the Holy Spirit is for me to understand this divine enablement. Listen right here. A divine enablement. Listen to distinguish truth from error. There is not his truth, her truth, and their truth. There's one truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of the Holy Spirit gives you the power and a divine enablement to know the truth from a lie. Somebody should have just shouted hallelujah right there. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now what this really means is and you have the you have the. Uh, ability to receive spiritual knowledge and spiritual guidance that overtakes or goes above and beyond ordinary human instruction. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew what to do, but you didn't, nobody had to tell you what to do in that situation? Let me tell my quick testimony, real quick piece of it. $66,000 in debt, $660,000 in debt. $660,000 $660,000 in debt. Wanted to sue me. I'm thinking I'm going to create a payment arrangement and a proposal and this, that, and the fifth. And the Holy Spirit says, tell them about the dream that you had. Who wants to hear a dream when you owe them $660,000? Not me. But I, I just was obedient to the person of the Holy Spirit because he's way smarter than I am. And I sat there and I told my dream. I had a dream years ago that I was standing outside of a church. The line was so long. I was at the end of the line. Y'all know my testimony. And I was just exci- I was in, I was excited just being at the end of the line. And a little short white guy with white hair came and ran up to me. He said, Andrea. What are you doing at the end of the line? You're not supposed to be at the end of the line. You're supposed to be at the front of the line. Snatched my hand and took off running. Then I said, by means of the person of the Holy Spirit, because I'm not even smart enough to do this, I said, you're that little white man with white hair. And you're supposed to take me from the end of the line to the front of the line. Just like I was crying, he was crying too. Picked up that contract, ripped it up. Hallelujah! And in one transaction, made me 100% debt-free. That's the Holy Spirit that will teach us things that we don't know. Who knew? I'm trying to go in there calculating numbers and trying to figure out a good proposal. And the Holy Spirit taught me things that I didn't even know. That's why you have to know the person of the Holy Spirit, and you have to know that his hand is on you. You got to know that his hand is on you. His hand is on you to aid and assist you with the revelation. When you get a revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three are one in name, aim, and purpose. God for you, God with you, and God in you, 
who can help but worship him. And our worship has to have an expression. Okay, husbands and wives, do you never want your, your, the, the spouse to just come in grunting and slamming the door and don't never talk to you, don't never acknowledge you? No, there has to be some kind of expression. Love has an expression. Listen to me. Love has an expression. When you know his hand is on you, his massage, his goodness into you, there should be an expression. You express with your mind. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. What is the soul? Mind, will, emotion, imagination, and intellect. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. That's Psalm number 103, stanza one. Then you have an expression of your love, your adoration, and your worship with your mouth. You've got to open your mouth and say something. That is what worship is. Yes, you worship with things, but you worship with your mouth. That's why we confess. That's why we speak to God in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalm number 34, stanzas 1 through 5 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just in the good times, but when you bless him in the bad times, he will switch that bad time into a good time, and he will give you a testimony. Come on and get a revelation. Listen to me. I did not want to be sued for $660,000. I didn't want that. I was trying to avoid that. But I have a testimony because I blessed him at all times, and his praises will continually be in my mouth. Come on, we have so many other things in our mouth that are not pleasing to God. That's when we close our mouth to that and open our mouth in worship to the Lord. Stanza 2 says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Then the songwriter said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Listen to stanza four. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He hears and answers. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Stanza five says, they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. There is that glory again, the light. These are types of the person of the Holy Spirit. So we should, we should magnify him. We should, we should boast in the Lord. We should give expressions of our worship when we know that his hand is on us. I should have an expression with my mind. I should have an expression with my mouth and I should have an expression with my mannerism. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody just looking stale-faced at me all the time. Have some mannerisms about yourself <laughs> as it pertain to me. Are you listening to me? Psalm number 95, stanza 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Ugh. There's a mannerism that comes when you come in contact 
with the presence of the almighty God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God for us, God with us, and God in us. There's some mannerism that come. When, when Moses saw the, the, just the residue of God's glory, the Bible said he hastened and fell to the ground on his face. What is that? Worship. Come on. We worship. He, the songwriter says, oh, come let us worship. Worship comes from the, from the uh, Latin word worth, worship. You've got to attribute worth and value to him. When you attribute what, uh, worth and value to him, you will worship and you will bow down and you will kneel before the Lord, our maker. It's something about the object of your affection. You do stuff for them that you won't do for anybody else. I always like to use this example. As much as my son, son-in-law Vance loves me, he never got on his knee for me. He never got on his knee for me. But when he wanted to marry my daughter, he got on his knee. What is that happening? You're the object of my affection. Who has he got on knee for? Raise your hand if he got on the knee for anybody else in here. Because essence was the object of his affection. There are things that I do for the object of my affection that I don't do for anybody else. We should have some mannerisms that exemplify that as it pertains to worship. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us revelation. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we put our heads back and stretch our arms wider. We get on our knees or we lay on the altar. It's not to be seen. But it is a, a demonstration by means of my mannerism, the object of my affection. And then we should also, first we're going to use the expression in our worship with our minds, then with our mouth, then with our mannerisms, and hold your seat right here, and with our money. I'm not taking another offering so you can be free to worship right here. Where your treasure is, so is your heart. That's what the Bible says. It says it in Matthew chapter 6 and 21, and then it says it again in Luke chapter 12, 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Treasure has reference to your money, your wealth, to your valuables, to your reserves, to your stockpile. We worship with money not for money. I worship with the thing that is near and dear to me. Remember, Essence said that they had given David all these things. Here, you give this. He said, I ain't giving God something that don't cost me nothing. You give it to me so I can give to God and it didn't cost me anything. No, I worship him with the precious. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. We want the latter without the former. We want the benefit without doing the first part. It's the honor. Honor the Lord. That's what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was for in the Garden of Eden. God ain't never just holding something back. He was teaching them the principle of honor. I've given you all of this. Now just honor me with one. 
Come on. It's a principle of honor. I came, I woke up this morning, I dreamed all night long about the principle of honor, and it really, it really affected me, and I, I woke up changed today as it pertained to honor. When you really honor the Lord, you will do things for the Lord that you don't do for your baseball team or your football team for your place of business or for, for your racket club or whatever, the yacht club or whatever. There is a place of honor. And this is how the Lord showed it to me. He says, sacrifices are good. They're great. He says, service is great. But none of them at the expense of honor. We have to honor him with all that we say and all that we do. And honor is always a matter of the heart. It's, uh, that's what honor is about. It's a matter of the heart. So he said, honor the Lord with your wealth. With your money? Yes, with your money. I said years ago, years, years ago, I would give because I was, I was kind of guilted into it. Will a man rob God? I was like, yeah, no, that won't be me. I was guilted into it. Right? But then I got a revelation of honor. Now I bite at the bit. I can't wait to give. And I'm so grateful for Cash App and Givelify and things like that. Because as soon as I get it, boom, boom, it's going. I'm like, ooh, Father, I thank you. Thank you. Because I remember once upon a time when my tithes was only $65. I remember, and I thank God that I was able to do the 65, but he has taken me further than that. Come on, I remember being a $5 Christian. I remember being a $10 and a $20 Christian. But then I got the principle of honor, and here's the deal. Before I can even honor God with it, he's already turning it back over to me. He's already multiplying it for me many times over. Listen, even in areas that money can't buy. When I had that situation earlier in the year, I'm about to close, with my heart, as I made my confession and my declaration and as I was worshiping God with my mind and my mouth and my mannerisms, guess what I did? I put some money on that. And it wasn't like $20,000. I think I put a $70 seed on it. I was like, God, I'm sowing the seed, trusting you. Now, you know $70 ain't hardly your copay. But I was honoring God, worshiping God with my seed. So receive this little $70. It's like, now, listen, it was above my tithe and offering. That's a given. This was extra $70 because not only am I going to worship with my mind, my mind with my mouth and my mannerism, I'm worshiping with my money. It's an expression that you're the object of my affection and I trust you more than anything. Get a revelation. I got to close right here in the children's ministry. We have a little game. Y'all remember we used to say uh, Simon Says. Simon Says, though they changed the name in kids' churches, Jesus Says. But then Simon Says, remember y'all, anybody remember that game growing up? When Simon tells you to do something, don't you do it all your power, might, and ability. Simon Says, two jumping, jumping hard. Jumping hard. Because you're doing it all your power, might, and ability. Right? 
But I don't do what Simon says. I do what Jesus says. I do what the Holy Spirit leads me to do. And the Holy Spirit leads me to have an expression in my worship with all my power, with all my might, with all my ability to an all-wise God that brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. The one that healed me, the one that delivered me, the one that set me free, the one that mended my broken heart. Oh, good God Almighty, there's an expression in your worship. Woo! By means of the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you illumination that God is good all the time. Even when life throws a curveball, God is still good all the time. And all the time, God is. God is good. God is good. God is good. And when you get a revelation of that, your automatic response is worship and, and adoration and thanksgiving because he's worthy. 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 Listen, I give to him something I wouldn't give to nobody else. I bow before him. I kneel before him. I lie prostrate in his presence. I open my mouth and offer a sacrifice of praise. Father, God, for you, with you, and in you. And the Holy Spirit gives us revelation and at the revelation that's when I break out into worship worship, worship worship because he's worthy of all our praise I'm out of time would you come back on Wednesday and let me take you a little bit further we're talking about the expression today but I want to talk about the experience and the expectation when I worship the Lord, my God. Let's pray. Holy Father, in the matchless, most holy name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I give you thanks, praise, glory, honor, adoration, and thanksgiving. Thank you that you have met us here. Thank you for revelation knowledge. And as a result of revelation, we don't mind worshiping you. We don't mind magnifying you, making you larger than anything else in Jesus' name. If you're not born again, would you allow us to pray for you? We love you. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.